don't you take a moment, step across the aisle, shake someone's hand, let them know that we're glad they're in the house of the Lord.
that we can feel in his house. It is an honor and a privilege to have Brother Jackson here with us tonight. He's no stranger to this place. And uh, we're glad that he is here with us. We want him to come, obey the Lord, give us what the Lord has laid on his heart for us tonight. Let's all stand, clap our hands unto the Lord as Brother Jackson comes. Come on, why don't you close your eyes as you clap your hands and lift your voice. Come on, if God's been faithful to you, you ought to give Him some great praise right now. Come on, out of your heart, you ought to magnify Him, glorify Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a rich, wonderful presence of God that we feel in this house. We are indeed a blessed people. And, uh, wasn't that beautiful singing by this choir tonight? Man, thank you, choir. God bless you, singers, musicians. And you may be seated here for just a moment. In the presence of the Lord, I want to say it is truly uh, my honor to get to come and be part of Sunday Night Alive right here in Silsby and uh, look over this congregation and see so many uh, familiar faces who I love very dearly and then it's equally exciting to see several new faces and see that First Pentecostal Church is still having revival. Aren't you thankful to be a part of a revival church? Well, yeah. Been hearing the glorious reports and I give honor to Brother and Sister Duplessy tonight, love them very, very much, and uh, what a tremendous job uh, Brother and Sister Duplessy did with their family right here in this church, and then uh, in his wisdom, uh, he gave it to uh, Brother and Sister Looper, and haven't they done a tremendous job building on the foundation that was established? I have I have the utmost confidence and love and respect for Brother and Sister Looper, and uh, I cherish their friendship, and I value his voice in my life, and uh, he has certainly been a very safe sounding board and very wise counsel, and uh, I say it privately, and so tonight I want to say it publicly. Thank you, Brother Looper. Love you. Very, very much. Uh, it's not often that uh, on a uh, trip, quick trip like this on a Sunday night that my family's with me. But I'm glad to have my wife and Bella and Brant here with me. Love them very, very much. And then uh, the kids alive this morning. Uh, I guess Sister Annabelle, she got anointed. Uh, she can do that. Uh, my name may be on the sign, but she's really the pastor of our church. And uh, she got anointed, and she was telling them I wasn't going to be there tonight. I was going to be in Silsby. And so I had some uh, wonderful uh, young families in our church ask if they come. And uh, I didn't see how I could tell them to stay home if I wouldn't stay at home. So I told them, come on over. And uh, so it's good to have Brother Ben and Sister Whitney in service tonight. Sister Kelsey, love them. And then uh, Brother Chris and Sister Pam, they're just over here to hear me preach. 
Man, no, uh, they're here because Brother Ray stole one of our very best in Sister Mallory. And uh, I love and appreciate Brother Ray and Sister Mallory tonight. And I'm excited to see them involved. I'm excited about what God's doing. I'm excited about what I feel. I felt a lot better about things when I pulled in Brother Duplessis. And I seen Brother Cody Marks's picture name on the sign. I thought to all the guests, if I do bad, <laughs> they'll say we heard Brother Marks preach and we just wasn't that impressed. And so, so I felt a lot safer. And, uh, <laughs> and tell you, I am a very cheap substitute uh, to the ministry of Brother Cody Marks. He is a tremendous man of God, walks with God, is a tremendous preacher of the Word of God. And aren't you thankful that he's been able to invest in you as a church family? The life that's been changed. uh, I'll tell you, to to preach, uh, I, I ain't too intimidated by Brother Cody Marks. I don't mind preaching in front of him. But to sit here and preach in front of Brother Duplessy and Brother Looper, now that's a that's a that's a task. Uh, I don't just say this; these are two of the finest preachers in Pentecost. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Brother Duplessy has been a blessing to us several times in Generette, and such a strength, and I appreciate that. And uh, anything that I'm on a council of or involved with, Brother Duplis, uh, Brother Looper, he gets to come preach it. And so that's, I really, it, there is no better preacher than these two men of God. And uh, that they would share this pulpit with me tonight. I am indeed honored. If you're going to let the Lord talk to you, would you just right where you're sitting, would you just lift your hands and ask God that He would anoint you? Ask Him that He would open up your heart and your understanding tonight. I do feel that God's wanting to speak to us. Come on with some of you prayer warriors. Really talk to the Lord and connect together right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Why don't one more time you just give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise and thanksgiving. Amen, 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 amen. If God will help me tonight, I want to preach to you a very simple thought that uh, God uh, put on my spirit sometime back, and uh, I preached it at home. And uh, when Brother Looper had asked me about coming and being here tonight, uh, um, I just felt God drawing me to this, and uh, I, I trust it will be a blessing to you tonight. And I hope that in a short uh, amount of time I'll make some sense of this and you will let it speak to you. And uh, my thought is simply this tonight, broken crayons, would you say that with me? Broken crayons color the best. I want to preach to you tonight, broken crayons color the best. There is a innate drive in every one of us, uh, really, if we're truthful about it, the very root of this drive is pride, but there is just a innate drive in every one of us to discount uh, 
discard, disregard, things that we view as damaged or broken. It just, it's in us. It's a part of our makeup. Uh, you, you can, you, you can see this. Uh, I don't know how many of you have ever bought a car. How many, especially maybe a used car. Let me see your hand. You ever bought a used car? Let me tell you, it was just, it was just in you. I can promise you that you did not show up at that used dealership and find the car that would suit you and fit your need and 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 look at it and see the price on the windshield and uh, then find a salesman and say, you know what? I like that one right over there. I like the color of it. I like the size of it. It fits my needs. And I see that you're asking such and such, but, but I was walking around it and, uh, I seen that them tires are in a little bit better shape than what I thought would be on a used car. So would you mind me giving you such and such more? Any of y'all ever done that? You are a special kind of stupid if you are, and I want to shake your hand. No, let me tell you what you, you do. You can pull up there and it be in pristine condition. And you get that little salesman. And you say, you know, I, I, I kind of like this. When you know it's what you've been dreaming about for the month it took you to get the down payment together and get up there. And, and you go around and you find the one little door ding. And you say, now you see this? It can have a brand new set of Michelin tires on it. And you'll rub your hand on it and say, you know, them tires, they just, they're kind of, you know, bald. <laughs> and you start negotiating over damage not to pay more, but to try to get a discount and pay less. It's in us, and, 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 and I know this is Sunday night, you just stay with me, I'm going somewhere. It, it, it's just in us. We, as a, as a human race, we want to discount anything that's been damaged. We, we, we want to devalue anything that, that we do not view in a perfect condition. I remember, uh, as a, I tell you, I got to thinking about this, and this is where this message was birthed from. Some time back, I got to thinking about, uh, I think it was in 1987 that my dad and mom, uh, left right here and took me and my brother and sister, who I am happy to report to you. Kyle was in church today with a tambourine in his hand and out in the aisle and all of his children there. Oh yeah, mamas, daddies, don't give up, grandparents, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, don't you give up. <laughs> but I, I remember we moved out to the hill country and uh, in doing so, we about starved to death. <laughs> Uh, we, I, I don't say this for a, a pity party. I, I'm using this to make a point. I mean, we were poor. Of course, that was in the 80s. And, uh, some of you, uh, 80 teenagers. I wasn't a teenager. I was just trying to be like the teenagers. Uh, you remember them bleach blue jeans? 
with the knees cut in them. Well, if we would have had Donald Trump's money, my daddy wouldn't have bought me a pair. But my cousin had a pair of them. And uh, at the time, I was in about 16 Husky rustlers. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't have bought a pair. My daddy wouldn't have let me buy a pair. So I decided I was going to sneak a pair of them 16 regular Huskies and make me a pair. As an eight-year-old kid, I didn't know that if you bleach something and didn't wash the bleach out of it, and you put it on thighs that were as big as mine, <laughs> and you tried wearing them to school all day, <laughs> it changed the way you walked. <laughs> but that, that just, we, we was poor. And, and, and there was a lot of things that, that, that because of, of our financial standing that we couldn't do. But one thing that I could do and I love to do and somehow I, I was good at it was color. I know that sounds crazy, but I love to color. And back then, I don't know how they do it now, but we would have coloring contests sometimes. And, uh, everybody would get the, same paper and you color it, put a number on it, and they'd hang it on the chalkboard and in front of uh, everybody. And uh, you'd take a secret vote. And uh, sometimes I only won by one vote. That's why I always voted for myself. That's right. <laughs> but but it, it was it was in that time when I, we didn't have the money for me to have a lot of things that other people might be proud of. I was. I had a sense of pride about coloring, and in that, I, I, I had a misunderstanding that you could only color a pretty picture if you had a crayon that was perfectly put together. I remember many times uh, 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 not coloring something in the color that I, I would have preferred to color it, because somewhere the tip had broken off my crayon or in, in wear and tear my crayon had become broken. And in my mind, in my simple way of thinking, I would discard, I would throw that crayon away. Because in my mind, the only way a crayon could color is for it to not have any damage to it. I didn't realize that even broken... And even with the tip rubbed off of it. And sometimes even if there wasn't but just a little bitty piece of it left. That that crayon could still color a very beautiful picture. It wasn't until I lived a little bit of life. And it got beyond coloring pictures on paper. And it began to, to, to transition into coloring my life story. That, that I begin to realize that if, if God thought like you and I thought, then He would have nothing coloring in His kingdom. If the only thing that God would use to color a beautiful picture of His grace and of His mercy would be men and women who had never messed up, who had never got mixed up, who had never come up short, who didn't have any and dings on them who didn't have any marks and scars from life uh, then there would be nobody uh, that God could use to color but I begin to realize that God doesn't think like you and I think that His ways really are far above 
our ways and his thoughts so much deeper than our thoughts. And it was when I began to live a little bit of life, I began to understand that the people that God uses to color the prettiest pictures and to tell the greatest stories of his grace and to testify most anointedly of his mercy is not the put together, dressed up, no mistake people, but it's them people who life has beat them up. It's people who mistakes have torn them apart. It's people who they've lived enough life uh, that sometimes uh, it was all they could do uh, just to limp into the house of God. Uh, Sometimes it was all they could do uh, just to try to keep it together uh, while everybody else was shouting. uh, But they just kept holding on. Uh, They just kept coming to church. Uh, They just kept being faithful uh, to the things of God. Uh, And God began to use them uh, to color a beautiful picture uh, of His grace. I've come to try to help somebody tonight. I've come to try to help a young man, help a young lady. I've come to try to help a seasoned saint of God understand that just because you may be sick in your body, just because you may be tired in your mind, just because you may have skeletons in your closet, just because you may have a lot of mistakes in your past, you got to understand man may throw you away, but you're just what God's looking for to use to color in His kingdom. David had this understanding. He would write in the 34th chapter of Psalms. He said, let me tell you about David. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. It it doesn't matter how I feel. And it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. And His praise shall continually be in my mouth. David went on to say, I will make my boast in the Lord. And then he began to write and sing so eloquently why he would bless the Lord at all times. Why praise would continually be in his mouth. He would go on to say, because when I was at my lowest point, this poor man cried out to the Lord. And the Lord heard my cry. He said, and it was then... At that low point, uh, when I was mixed up, uh, when I was messed up, uh, when I had my back against the wall, uh, when I had my anointing in question, uh, when it didn't look like I'd ever sit on the throne, uh, it was at that place uh, that God heard me. uh, He said, and I got the understanding uh, that a broken heart uh, and a contrite spirit uh, is what God's looking for. Uh, If you're here tonight uh, and you're broken in your spirit, uh, if you're broken broken in your emotions, uh, if you're broken in your mind, uh, don't you listen to the devil, uh, don't you let him tell you you're useless, uh, don't you tell, let him tell you you're good for nothing, uh, don't you let some self-righteous pity uh, tell you you need to be thrown out, uh, you're just what God's looking for, uh, he's not looking for a crayon uh, that's right out of the box, uh, but he's looking for somebody uh, that can stand and tell you, uh, if it had not been for God, uh, by my side, where would I be? Oh, 
this revelation and understanding would keep David in one of his very lowest points. David had sinned greatly with Bathsheba. He had messed up. He had been confronted by the man of God. He had, he had risked all of the good things in his life for a moment of pleasure. And his life was spiraling out of control. And it was here that David reached back to that revelation. And he began to pray, Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Take not thy tender mercies away from my life. And he said, I tell you what, God, this is what I know. This is what I've learned about you. You use broken things to tell a testimony of your grace and mercy. And so, God, if you'll create in me a clean heart, if you'll take me back one more time and renew in me a right spirit, David will not go back to just sitting on the throne being high and mighty, but I'll go out and I'll go tell everybody about the goodness of God. I won't try to act like that I'm perfect and put together. I won't try to come to church and impress everybody and cover up my scars with a suit and tie or a pretty dress. But I tell you what David will do. I'll go everywhere and I'll find somebody that's on bottom just like I am right now. And I'll begin to tell them about a God who does his best work when you're at your worst place. I'll go tell them, hey, you messed up. That's okay. Come on back to church. Hey, you didn't do it just right. That's all right. Come on back to the altar. Hey, you made a mess of that. That's okay. There is a God. I've come to tell somebody tonight, if you're here, it's not too late. If you're here, you haven't gone too far. If you're here, you're here because God is wanting to work in your life. He would write it again, just in a little bit different fashion. Here he is, he's the king. He's got everything at his disposal. He's got money. He's got talent. He's got it all. And he says, I tell you why I'm negotiating like this. About if you'll just forgive me and take me back, how that I won't get too high and mighty, but I'll continue to tell the sinner of your goodness. He said, because I understand that that sacrifice is not what you're looking for. David said this. He said, if it was a burnt offering that you delighted in, I'm giving it to you in the James Wesley. You go read it in the King James. He said, from the time the sun would come up in the morning till the time it would set in the evening, David would keep a sacrifice burning on that altar. He said, but the sacrifices of God are not in a burnt offering. He said, the sacrifices of God are in a broken heart and a 
contrite spirit, I know, O God, that that you will not refuse. David was trying to help us understand when you get to bargaining and negotiating with God, uh, you mess up greatly uh, if you want to try to pull out all the things you're doing right. All the areas you've got it put together. All the ways that you're a little bit better than somebody else. Uh, that, 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 that's not how you get anywhere with God. Uh, because the Apostle Paul would understand it and write it on this wise. Uh, he said at the climax uh, of my spirituality, uh, my righteousness is still as filthy rags uh, when you compare it to the holiness of God. Uh, and David had that understanding. Uh, and he said when you need something from God, uh, don't come in uh, showing him what you got right. Uh, but you just come in uh, asking him to use uh, even though you got some things wrong. Uh, because when you're willing uh, to appeal to his mercy, uh, when you're willing uh, to appeal to his grace, uh, when you're willing to acknowledge, uh, yes, I'm broken, uh, but I still want to serve you. Uh, yes, I'm in a mess, uh, but I still want your help. Uh, yes, I've got things uh, spiraling out of control, uh, but I'll still show up uh, if you'll just take me. Uh, I've come to preach to somebody tonight. Uh, that's what God uh, paints the prettiest pictures uh, in His kingdom with. See, we, 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 we get it backwards. We, we, we think that, that the people who's got it all together is the people that God's favoring. And we see people where things start going kind of sideways and see them in the trial of their life. And, and we want to step back and pontificate and try to figure out what they've done wrong. And that's because we judge situations with our carnality rather than through spirituality. Because God doesn't use things that are put together to provide for His people. One reason is, is He established it very early on. I'm jealous and I'm not sharing my glory with nobody. If you think I'm going to let you get up and brag about how good you are, if you think I'm going to anoint you to talk about all that you've done right and all that you've accomplished, no flesh is going to glory in my presence. And Jesus would illustrate this in the Gospel of Matthew, the ninth chapter. The Bible said that there was some 5,000 men plus women and children and they were listening to Jesus teach. And the Bible says that they were in a desert place. And it was in this desert place uh, that, that the people began to get hungry. And they began to get thirsty. Uh, and they began to have warmth. And they began to, to murmur a little bit. 
And the disciples picked up on it and they went to Jesus and, 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 and they start talking to Jesus and said, these, these, these people are hungry and, and you're the one that's brought them out here. They didn't get out here by themselves. They, they got out here following you and Jesus looks back at his disciples and he says, let me just tell you what you do. Uh, you go out there among them people uh, and you find me something uh, that I can work with. Uh, and, and, and so after some time of fleecing the crowd, uh, Andrew comes back, uh, and he's got a little boy by the hand. Uh, and, and this little boy has two fish and five loaves. And, and as they're throwing him at the feet of Jesus, uh, they, they ask Jesus, uh, what are these uh, among so many? Uh, and it was here that Jesus uh, began to try to teach one of the most valuable lessons uh, any of us could ever learn. Uh, because he looked back at the men uh, and he said, if I leave it uh, in its pristine, perfect, the way it got here condition, uh, it can't do very much. Uh, but the Bible says that Jesus lifted up his eyes uh, towards heaven. Uh, he took them two pieces of fish uh, and them five loaves of bread uh, and he held them up. And he said, I thank you for these. And then the Bible says that he took them and he began to break them in pieces. And as he began to break them, he turned to his disciples and he said, now you've got something that can feed somebody. When it got to me, it wasn't good. It wasn't valuable because it was put together. It couldn't feed very many people. But when something uh, lets me break it without it getting bitter. Uh, when something uh, lets me pull it apart without it getting a bad attitude. Uh, when something uh, lets me do some things to it uh, and they just keep holding on. Uh, they just keep coming to church. Uh, they just keep clapping their hands. Uh, they just keep worshiping the Lord. Uh, he said that's what I can use uh, to feed a multitude. As a little boy, I, I, I would listen to Brother Duplessis on Sunday mornings. Some of the most masterful preached messages in all the world. I'd, I'd get tapes of him after he had went off and preached a camp meeting somewhere. I'd listen to men like him and other heroes in my life. And I'd, I'd sit on the front row like these young men. And I'd, I'd say things like, if I'm ever a preacher, that's the kind of preacher I want to be like. Because when they preached, there was anointing. When they preached, it didn't speak to the intellect of man, but it spoke to the very heart and soul of man. When they preached, it demanded a response. And sitting as just a young man on the front pews of that old church before it burned, I didn't realize that to preach like that, you had to get real broken. I didn't realize that to color something this pretty and to affect so many lives that somewhere you had to take a crayon and you had to trust the master to 
to break it into as many pieces uh, as he saw fit to break it into. Uh, I didn't understand the preach like that. Uh, you had to have hell in your family uh, and hell in the church uh, and hell in your finances. Uh, I didn't realize uh, that your back was against the wall uh, and you tried to have to figure out uh, who's going to stay uh, or who might leave. Uh, but they just kept on preaching. Uh, and I looked today. Uh, he might not be as pretty uh, and put together as others. Uh, but I look at what Brother Dupus has done uh, with a broken crayon. Uh, I look at the lives of people uh, that he's helped. Uh, I look at the lives of people uh, that he's changed. Uh, I look at the life of people uh, that's still sitting on the pew. Uh, not because a man uh, didn't have brokenness, uh, but because a man uh, didn't get bitter uh, in his brokenness. Uh, in his weakest moments, uh, he just kept on preaching. Uh, he just kept on challenging. He just kept on encouraging. And tonight, we're the beneficiaries of a broken crayon that colored past. See, the test, I don't know what you was expecting tonight. I hope this is okay. The test is in you allowing yourself to be broken without getting bitter. Because the nature of man is to start resisting anything that is causing pain to it. And I'm going to tell you, There's a lot of people sitting in this church tonight that God wants to use you to outgrow this building and build one bigger and see it filled up. And God's give you a testimony that can reach people that nobody else can reach. But you're too busy pouting with your thumb in your mouth over what didn't go right and what didn't go your way to realize that God only uses broken things. I mean, who needs somebody to testify to them about how they got through because they had plenty of money? Who needs somebody to testify to them? They just kept on coming to church, but they never got sick. And they who needs somebody to testify to them that 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 they're living in the middle of hell, and all they say is, "Well, you know, I come from a perfect home, and I come from a perfect family, and I've got the perfect companion, and I've got the perfect." What kind of testimony is that? How effective is a testimony like that? But let me tell you what an effective testimony is. Is when you come to church on Sunday night and you have every reason to stay home and you don't have anybody making you come and you've made some mistakes that embarrassed you a little bit and you know that when you get to shouting and dancing and no doubt there's people saying, what business does he have up there acting like that? But you just keep on doing it anyways. You know what you are? 
you a great testimony to the goodness, the glory, the power of God. You're a testimony to somebody else that they say, hey, if he can do it, then I can do it. If you go ahead and say, Hey, hey, I don't understand. I don't understand why we have to deal with things that, that we think we don't deserve. Uh, I don't understand why we have to go through situations uh, that we don't even know if we're going to survive. Uh, I don't understand uh, why we have to spend weeks in hospitals and doctor's offices uh, because somebody has something that they don't deserve. Uh, but let me tell you what it is. Uh, it's a testimony uh, that God's faithful uh, even when I don't understand. Uh, it's a testimony uh, that God can make a way uh, even when they don't seem to be no way. Uh, it's a testimony uh, that God's my provider uh, even when it's not provided uh, like I think you ought to provide. Oh, oh, uh, no doubt, uh, no doubt uh, you could have colored a little bit uh, and colored uh, with everything right in your life. Uh, but there's something about people uh, that in their brokenness uh, and in their hard time uh, and in their trial, uh, they don't have all the answers. Uh, they don't have understanding. Uh, but they say, this one thing I know, uh, my Redeemer lives. Uh, and when I've been tried, uh, I'm not going to get bitter at this test. Uh, I'm not going to get bitter in this situation. Uh, I'm not going to get upset and act ugly uh, with what I'm going through. Uh, I tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to tell you the goodness of God. Uh, I'm going to tell how God made a way. Uh, I'm going to tell how God brought me out. Uh, I'm going to tell how God. I wish in some ways it wasn't like this. But then I'm thankful in others. Because I'd never get to be used. But see, it ain't really about how you act when everything's going right. It's what you do when everything's going wrong. It ain't, it ain't your testimony when everything's working good and feeling good and it's the testimony when they say you got cancer and there's nothing we can do. The testimony is not when all the children are sitting on the pew beside you. But it's when one of them walks in and says, I love you, but I'm not coming back. And let me tell you, it's them kind of crayons that God picks up. And he starts coloring for people to see beauty out of ashes. It's, it's that kind of crayon that God takes the oil of mourning and turns it into gladness. It's that kind of crayon that God starts using and God starts coloring with and people start looking at them and people start talking about them in a good way and people start saying things like, I don't know how they even keep on coming. I don't know. 
I don't even know why they keep showing up. Why in the world would they keep clapping? Why in the world would they keep singing? Why in the world would they keep dancing? But through your clapping and through your dancing and through your faithfulness, God takes out the canvas of his kingdom and he just starts coloring and he puts the right shade over here and he puts the right shade over there. Somebody tonight that's being broken, God sent me to tell you it's for his glory. But you can't get bitter. 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 You just gotta allow the brokenness to paint the kingdom in the hand of God. See, I'm almost through. There's always gonna be. There's always, there's always going to be critics. There's, there's always going to be people who try to tear down. But the Bible is so clear that the true value of something is not in its perfected condition. But it's the scent that it gives off when it's broken. See, Jesus, Jesus of all people, can you imagine that Jesus stopped by Simon the leper's house one day? How dare him? And as he sat there with Simon the leper... This young lady come in. And she had an alabaster box. And it looked expensive. And it was of great worth. And she takes it, Brother Buck, and she breaks it at the feet of Jesus. And Judas, with indignation, steps back and says, How are you going to use that now? What, what worth does this alabaster box possess now that you've so foolishly allowed it to be broken? Judas tells Jesus, If we could have kept this before any damage was done to it, we could have taken it and sold it, and we could have given to the poor. And Jesus wheels around so quickly and puts his finger on the end of Judas' nose, and he said, let me tell you something, Judas. The poor, you're going to have with you always. You know what he was telling Judas? It doesn't matter how put together you keep things. uh, Put togetherness is never enough. It don't matter how much perfection uh, we allow in the kingdom. uh, There's never going to be enough perfection uh, to get rid of all the imperfection. uh. Judas, uh, there's nothing about this thing put together. uh, that. He said, 
But let me tell you about this lady, Judas. Let me tell you about this woman. Uh, this woman uh, today, uh, she has etched herself uh, into history uh, that wherever the gospel is preached, uh, it'll be told of. Uh, this lady took something uh, and she understood uh, that the value of it uh, wasn't letting Jesus uh, break it. Uh, the value of it uh, wasn't taking it to the master's feet uh, and saying, I'm not much. Uh, I don't have a lot to offer. Uh, I don't know why they let me say or do anything. Uh, but I'll tell everybody. Uh, I'll tell everybody. Uh, everywhere I go, uh, I'll tell them how good God is to me. Uh, everybody I talk to, uh, I'll tell them, look what the Lord has done uh, in my life. Jesus said, Judas, this wasn't worth a whole lot when she brought it in here put together. Woo! But you smell that incense, Judas? That only comes from somebody Who's broken, but not bitter. That only comes from somebody who everybody else would have justified them walking away and not coming back. But they just kept on coming and kept on worshiping. I'm not, I'm not real proud. Matter of fact, I'm not proud at all. Ignorant things I'd done as a teenager. <laughs> I'm not proud at all of the mistakes I made. And <laughs> but I'll tell you why I preach like this tonight. Because I'm just a broken crayon. Preaching to broken crayons. I still, I laugh. It, it really, the sting's been taken out of it. But I still, Brother Duplessy, come home to Silsby. And I have people, and I know what they're saying, so I don't get upset. But they said, boy, if you can make it, anybody can make it. Man, if God can use you, woo, God can use anybody. And it used to kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. Until I got to thinking about it. And I thought, you know what? If the mistakes I had to overcome. And the things with my parents I had to live through. And the storms that I had to try to survive. If that's what it took. So that I could preach to somebody else and say, if I can make it, 
Anybody can make it. And if God can use me, God can certainly use you. And if God can put my dreams back together, God can certainly put... If that's what it took, don't ever let me get put back together. Don't ever let me get in such a perfected state that I can't look back over my life and say, I'm not here because I had the answers. I'm not here because somewhere I got disciplined. I'm not here because somewhere somebody got a short memory. But I'm here because God keeps coloring with crayons that are broken. I've come to tell somebody tonight, your best days are not in your past. But it's in your today and tomorrow. But you can't be bitter. You can't be bitter. You can't be bitter. You can't sit around pouting. You can't sit around upset about what didn't work out your way. But you got to take what you've got left and put it in the hands of Jesus. And say, keep coloring, Lord. Keep coloring, Lord. Keep coloring, Lord. Come on as you come. I want you to let the Lord help you tonight. As you come to this front, I want you to let the Holy Ghost speak to you. I've come to try to talk to some young men, some young ladies. I've come to tell you, quit resisting the hand that's breaking you and submit to it. God's not trying to discount you. God's not trying to devalue you. God's not looking to discard you. But God's looking for something that He can color another life with. God's looking for something that He can color faith into somebody else's situation. God's looking for another color that He can speak through and speak with to build faith and hope. Come on, prayer warriors, pray with me right now. <laughs> Come on, I feel the help of the Holy Ghost in this house. Come on, I want everybody to join with somebody, and I want you to pray with somebody until you make that connection in the Holy Ghost. Woo! <laughs> Come on. Come on. If the enemy has been worn in your mind, if the enemy's been giving you all the reasons why not, you need to come by here right now. You need to pick up one of these crayons. You need to hold it high towards heaven. And you need to declare, I may be broken, but I'm going to keep on coloring. I may not have it put together, but I'm going to keep on coloring. I may have some mistakes. I may have some things I'm not proud of. But I'm going to keep on coloring. I'm going to keep on coloring. I'm going to keep on coloring. No, 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 Having to come to church by yourself. I don't understand why your parents aren't here. I know it hurts. I know it's painful. But just keep on coloring. You're an instrument in the Master's hands. You're a vessel of the Master's table. Come on.
prayer warriors. Come on, pray with me right now. The Holy Ghost is working. Oh, 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 oh,